Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at PolePositionMag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you could, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Welcome to the pilot episode of the Out of the Groove Power Hour presented by Circle B Diecast. My name is Eric Eastep. I am joined by Brennan Poole, uh, co-host extraordinaire, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver. Brennan, how's it going, man? This is our pilot episode. Uh, This is crazy, and um, it's going to be a powerful hour. As we said, the title of the show, Power Hour, baby. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to talk racing. Eric, you're awesome. We get along great. You're also from Texas. You're wearing a Whataburger shirt right now. (laughs) You're making me want honey butter chicken biscuits at this very moment. Yeah. Um, but it's not a possibility for me because I'm in North Carolina. Can Whataburger come to North Carolina? They should. They should. I was in Georgia this uh, past weekend, and uh, they did have some Whataburgers there. I saw one in Alabama. I was also driving through Alabama. Saw Whataburger. So they're spreading slowly but surely. They're starting with the South. I guess that makes sense. I have a hot take. I didn't even realize I was wearing this shirt. I totally forgot. I, but I, I do have a, a surprising take. Maybe you'll be okay with this because I know you were you were born in California. But I actually prefer an In-N-Out burger to a Whataburger burger. I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you can say that. You can say that. I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I think the In-N-Out burger, it's, it might be better than Whataburger's actual burger. But here's the deal. Have you had a Shake Shack burger? I know now that's like the Northeast thing, but it's I, better good. than all of them. I agree. I think it's the best. I went to um, uh, Burger Fi for the first time this weekend. We don't have any Burger Fies where I'm from. And I think they used to be on like Tyler Reddick's car at JRM. Yeah, it was a, it's a former... It was a former NASCAR sponsorship. Yeah, yeah I, and I'd never been to one, and I went to one this past weekend, and it was it was very Shake Shack esque. It was very good. I, I love what Whataburger is still a fantastic restaurant. They got they're open twenty four seven. They got breakfast. You mentioned the honey butter chicken biscuit, but if I just want a cheeseburger, this is my one hot take. There's you know there's an In and Out and a Whataburger across the street from Texas Motor Speedway. I might go to the In and Out Burger if I'm just craving a burger, and that's like yeah. blasphemy to say. That's my hot take. We're, we're starting you, off strong. You were making the Texas. The Texans angry immediately, but you know, it's fine everyone's got their own, their own likes and, and, and dislikes. It's just like uh, we were talking before we started the show and um, discussing the new, the number fonts and other drivers changing numbers when they move to a different team and, or whatnot. And we had the, uh, the, we saw the number reveal for Kyle Busch here uh, recently And um, it is different, but I personally like it. I like, I like, yeah. I actually like this eight better than the old eight, not to be mean to the previous eight, you know, the, the, I mean? the previous I mean, eights, they kept changing it. Like nothing's ever going to look quite as good as the, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Eight, the DEI eight. That looks, that looks mm-hmm. great. That looks outstanding. But they, you know, when Daniel, was it Daniel Hemrick made a few starts in the eight or you know, I guess race full time. He was in, in the eight car two or three years ago, whenever it was. And it was, it just didn't match the three, you know, you got Austin Dillon in the three, the iconic three, and then the eight just looked like it did not fit in. And then they changed it a little bit for Reddick. They changed it again for Kyle Busch. I read today actually that Kyle Busch apparently like it was his idea to change the font. And I guess he helped design it with some input from Richard Childress. Um, but I I think it looks good. I, I don't know. You, you like it. I, I think it looks fine. It looks racier. The other, the yeah. previous eight is like kind of boxy. And I mean, as I mean, it looked okay. I'm not knocking it in any way, but this eight to me looks like uh, it almost looks a little like short track esque, like a, a like a late That's model a stock car or maybe even a dirt car somewhere. So I like it. I think it looks. I just looks racy, man. And it's in you know a Kyle Busch fashion. It's starting a, a new chapter in his career. I mean, you know, it would. I think it's exciting to 
make his new a new font and kind of have like his own mark going into the team and as a driver myself like i always liked when i could run a number that was like closer to my heart like something that i like a number i grew up with or something i ran before that had meaning to me and you know of course kyle ran the 18 for forever it's still as an eight in it but being able to make it sort of his own um to add to that number himself i think that part of it makes it special. And as a driver, I think it can give you like a little bit more confidence going into the, into the track. And it sounds weird to say that, but I just, I believe it does. I mean, look at Chase Elliott when he switched from the 24 to the nine, and it yeah. just gives you, it just gives you like an extra swag to have your own, your own deal, your own number, something that's special to you. So I'm sure that that was important to Kyle and it gives him his own look, a new fresh look and a new fe good feeling for him to know like it's his own he's not using something else he's making yeah. his own mark i think it really if you're a driver it tells you kind of where you stack up as far as the legacy of drivers who came before you drivers who are around right now because you know kyle bush he comes into rcr he's kind of like the head honcho over there you know he, he what he says has a lot of weight he has a lot of pull he gets his own look number you know uh brad keselowski he's a cup series champion he goes over to rfk or, or it's now known as rfk because he's there and they completely overhauled what the six looks like. And then you mentioned Chase Elliott. You know, he was Jeff Gordon's replacement in many people's eyes. Um, but eventually he sort of graduated into becoming his own thing. Although I guess, you know, they did give him the nine as sort of a nod to, I guess, his father, Bill Elliott. So maybe that one doesn't quite fit into my description. But, you know, it's Chase Elliott. He's now a champion. Keselowski's a champion. Kyle Busch is a champion. So it makes sense. Like, you get your own look when you have the kind of, pull the the you have the status the notoriety that those three drivers have so it makes yeah, sense they were they worked hard for those for that status to yeah. be able to I, choose what they want but is that like know, the ultimate dream as a driver is to just you want to be good enough that you can like build your own number you can have your own like 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 i wonder if jeff gordon looks at the fact that the 24 now like before he got to nascar i don't know the 24 was a number but after Jeff Gordon left number, that was the number. Like, do you think he wear? Do you think he realizes how like crazy that is a number to like <laughs> I, give it I, such status? I'm sure he realizes that it, the meaning behind it. I mean, because it's a, it has a special meaning. I'm sure even to him. Like for me, the the numbers do. You know, I I ran the number seven. I ran the number five. I won a lot of races. Of course, I always chose number five because of Speed Racer, man, the Mach five. So oh, my really? first ever race car was five. But um, when I got older, I always loved the number 17. And I rent, I mean, I still use 17 on anything that I get to choose the number for. I use 17 or, or when I race dirt cars, I ran triple digits. I ran 117 because you travel around, you know, and you can't, sometimes there's already a 17. So I'm like, ah, just put another one on there and call it good. <laughs> so I did that forever. But I'm sure, you know, in those numbers in my career, you know, I can think back to special moments of races I won and the number that I, I, I was running and maybe what that number might've meant to somebody else that now has a meaning for me. I ran number seven, my last year in UARA. Um, and, uh, it meant a lot to my crew chief and Greg Marlowe, my chassis builder, they both had ran the number seven before, and then we won the championship that year. So seven has always been a special number to me since that moment as well. But, um, and then through my career, I've ran a lot of different numbers too. But when you think of the 24, like for me as a kid, I started at the same track, Jeff Gordon started at a little dirt track called Capital in uh, Northern California. So yeah. for me, I always grew up in the, in the 24 was like, you know, it, it was Jeff's number. Like I, when you see the 24, you think Jeff Gordon still, and I know William yeah. Byron is doing his thing and God bless him. Very successful. <laughs> yeah. But when I see 24, it's, it's Jeff Gordon all, all day. I don't think you can ever 
change that. It's like he literally, yeah, he took that number. And I think like even talking about Chase switching to the nine, that's that identity. Like he needed his own identity away from the 24 and he's done that with the nine. Um, you know, Bill Elliott had the nine, but but Chase has run with the nine his whole life as a kid through, uh, you know, late models, k and ARCA, every, everything has been the nine. I mean, Junior Motorsports has the nine because of Chase Elliott, right? So, like, mm-hmm. the, th- that number has always been his number. And I'm sure, like I said, you go to the track with your own number, your own identity. It's that extra little swag. But Jeff Gordon yeah. made that. I'm sure he didn't know when Rick <laughs> Hendrick hired him to drive the 24 that this was going to be like the one of the most famous NASCAR numbers of all time. Because there really yeah. is only like two, in my opinion, is the the three, the 24, the 43, right? Everyone yeah, you got to throw that in there. But the, but those are the numbers. Like for me in my era as a kid, it was always the three and the 24. It was yeah. Darren Hart versus Jeff Gordon. And that's what it was for me. And then when I got older, it was – Dale Jr. and Jeff Gordon, and I, I always pulled for Jeff. It was like that rivalry still kind of existed for me through, you know, Jr. So um, I just think it's, I, I think it's interesting. But the twenty four for sure. There's no way he doesn't know the impact. I, I, it's, it's just crazy. Like I have a seventeen in my Twitter handle. Partially, that's because somehow, some way, there was already an Eric Eastep and at Eric Eastep that existed, uh, and so I, I took seventeen just because <laughs> that was Matt Kenseth's number. So that's something we can agree on is that we both love the number 17. If you could pick any number, I, I know, uh, I mean, you're, I guess you're driving the six car next year, but if you could just yeah. pick any number you want, would you pick 17? A hundred percent. I would pick 17 or five. Um, like if I couldn't be the 17, I would probably then try to choose the yeah. five or or the 15. I ran 15 a little bit. And of course, I my, my cup rookie year, I ran the number 15, which is kind mm-hmm. of crazy. Um, but That's that cool. number has been a number for me too. But mostly because the five was taken. <laughs> you got to run 15, you know, it's stuff like that is how, yeah. how that stuff kind of works out. Um, but I would 17. Yeah, man. Like if you look back as a kid, like I always ran the 17, I tried to run 17 and when I ran UARA, but it was already taken. So I just went back to the first number I ever had, which was five. And I ran five for a couple of years. And then um, I switched teams and um, the five kind of stayed with the original team that I drove for and they could have let me have the five and they offered it to me but i same deal it's like a new chapter new beginning beginning um and i chose seven because it's close yeah. to 17 the seven became available so i took yeah. the seven that's fascinating because yeah. uh, to hear what like a driver how they think about numbers because as a fan again I, I when i played baseball a lot growing up uh when i joined this one team that i played for for a long time they already had a number 17 i was devastated so i picked number 16 i was like that's the next closest thing it's available <laughs> that's okay but i have a 17 in my twitter handle you know when i'm like watching tv or driving in my car and i'm turning on the radio growing up i would i would often switch the volume between 17 and 20 because Kenseth would drive, drove both cars at some point or another. And it was yeah. like 20 is like a little loud. If the parents aren't home, nobody's around. I can blast a little bit. But if someone's around, okay, I lower it to 17. It's just crazy. Weird. It's like well, it's like the, it's, it's racing superstitions. You know, baseball players so have fun. weird superstitions. Racing fans, I had a lucky t-shirt. But more than anything, I would I – would, it was just numbers. It, it's crazy how a number can mean so much. I, dude, I do the same thing with my stereo system. It's so weird to even <laughs> say that. But I, I would do the same thing. It can only be numbers that I like or want to use. And that's it. I can't, I literally, I can't do anything else. So like yeah. um, 17, I used 21. I know you did 20, but 21 was my dad's 
uh, yeah. number growing up. So um, I used 21. He didn't race, but in baseball and football and stuff, he was 21. So I tried to bounce in between there. Um, I was number 13, surprisingly, in high school basketball. So I, the 13 is around for me or seven. <laughs> so it's like seven, 13, 17, 21. I'm somewhere in that scale and that's it. I can't, it drives me crazy. When I played basketball in high school, the jerseys were based on like your size and so like all the point guards, all the short kids, they were number two, three, you know, 12. And I was, all, I mean, you've seen me, I'm six foot seven. I was usually the big man. I was the center and our jerseys were in the forties. So I would be, I don't even know what 41, maybe I think I was one year. <laughs> I don't remember. Cause I didn't care. I, I just need what Jersey that fit. They didn't let us have any more creativity besides that. But, but back to Kyle Bush, good luck to Kyle Bush next year. Try to make the eight car his own. Did you see the, um, they revealed a couple paint schemes for him. Did you see the Cheddars, the new look Cheddars car? I saw the chair scar. I thought it the same deal. I think it looks better um, than the previous one. So uh, kudos to them. Uh, I haven't seen any of the other schemes, but I mean, I imagine they're going to look just as well. I, I personally yeah. like the way the RCR cars have always looked. I think they have good style over there. Yeah, I think so too. I think the other one was the Alsco. It's like a green. It looked yeah. fine. It looked fine. I'm just glad they left. They kept the, uh, the croissants, the flaky, buttery, toasty croissants. <laughs> Uh, prevalent croissant guy i mean who is it like i I, not i don't go to cheddar's very often um i i did like that last year i went to cheddar's for the first time in like years last year and they leaned into that tyler reddick partnership like i opened up the menu and the first thing is the number eight special with the old school now style number eight uh and it was the chicken finger meal which of course because i'm a child i'm like yeah i'm getting the chicken fingers i'm getting the number eight special and they come out on a basket like a little basket with the you know tissue paper kind of thing under it. And when you finish eating all the chicken tenders, it reveals they have like a photo of Tyler Reddick's car underneath your chicken tenders. I was like, this is amazing. We need more sponsor partner partnerships like this. So um, yeah, yeah, no, I love croissants. More importantly, I just love sponsors that get really into their sponsorship. So I'm glad they're sticking around with um, Kyle Busch next year. What's the craziest? I, I know you had my face on the hood of your car a few weeks back. But what's like the craziest or one of the more interesting sponsor, I don't know, like activations maybe that you've gotten to be a part of? Like what's something wild that you've gotten to do that you didn't, I don't know, that you didn't Think expect? That I would do? Well, I've done a lot of wild things. That's for sure. Um, it's maybe every, too open-ended well, of a question. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of weird, there's a lot of crazy stuff that I've seen and, and been a part of through some sponsorship deals over the years. But I will say one of the most fun things that I did that I was, I did a deal for um, Iowa Speedway actually. So it's not really a partner per se, but um, when I was running Xfinity and they have this thing, I think it's called Ragbri. I have to double check, but I think it's Ragbri and they ride bicycles like hundreds of miles across the state of Iowa. And they have like, um, you know, people all on the side of the road selling barbecue, beer, whatever you want, live music playing in like the middle of a cornfield. You're just riding your bike in through <laughs> corns and like, boom, there's like a concert happening. Like people like holding their bikes, like jamming, like drinking a beer and what like the... eating. It's wild. And wow. so I got to ride through like one of the days from like one town to another town. Um, and I did that with guys from the racetrack. And that was a lot of fun because like, you know, I've always kind of ridden bikes and um, you know, I'm, I say I'm a cyclist, although I, I really just ride for race car driving purposes, but I do enjoy it. Um, and I have a lot of friends that have gotten into it since we have like a little group and we ride together. But um, that was sort of like right in the beginning times for me for that. So that was like one of the first times I rode and um, my butt cheeks were real sore after afterwards. But we had a great time and it was so <laughs> crazy to 
ride bikes across the state of Iowa and, and um, just had a really good time doing that with the with the racetrack. And I um, can't imagine try try doing that here in Texas. It's like nine hundred miles across. <laughs> oh yeah, you wouldn't you couldn't do it. I don't think they could. No. I don't think you could do it. But Iowa, so. eh, you know, it was fine. It was That's fun. pretty. We awesome. ran out of gas, dude. I forgot. I, one thing that happened on that trip. We ran out of gas in the Iowa Speedway, like pace truck, like the truck for the track. So just out of gas on the freeway. And I was almost like, this is kind of like not a great look <laughs> for the track to be to really run out of gas on the freeway in the Iowa Speedway pace truck. I was like, this is hilarious. I yeah. actually, back then, I don't think it was TikTok. I think it was still Vine then. I think I Vine. Oh, wow. It. Um, you know, I don't even think you can find them anymore, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Oh man. What happened to all those Vine? I, I was never really on Vine. Surprising. I was, I was just so committed to YouTube. I wonder what happened to all those Vines. Are there, do you think, I think they're all just lost to time. The ones that Probably. haven't been re-uploaded. Some I see you, get re-uploaded, but you can, you can YouTube it, I guess. Yeah. Find them on YouTube. Those Vine compilations <laughs> that keep me up until like four in the morning. Yeah. yeah, I like watching people react to videos. That's what we should do. You oh, know, yeah. we oh. should do a react video. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, that's what we should have done for the pilot episode. Instead, is was just react to vines. Maybe your corn, your <laughs> Iowa <laughs> speedway pace truck one would pop up somewhere. <laughs> it was it was like one of those POVs where I was like, when you run out of gas in the Iowa speedway truck on the side of the freeway, there's just like cars whipping past. And I'm just like <laughs> sitting looking out the window, that no gas. We had to wait an hour for someone to come bring us gas because we're in the middle of Iowa. It was like, yeah. no, I mean, we could have started walking, I guess. But yeah, it was crazy. It was oh a my crazy gosh. experience. That's ridiculous. Well, uh, the Out of the Groove Power Hour uh, does have a sponsor. We mentioned it's presented by Circle B Diecast. So, Brenda, did you bring a favorite diecast of yours to show off? Oh, you've got I like a, a, you've got a I few got back a couple there. of them. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to start this episode off with a classic because I'm not sure if how many people can remember this or not, but. This is um, the rookie year of Casey Atwood, and it's signed right on the hood. And um, Casey Atwood was like a super young guy. And at the time, like I was also a young driver, like coming up. And so, um, and obviously being a Jeff Gordon fan, I um, Ray Everham was big to me, important to me. And this was his team, man. So for me, I always thought this was really cool. And then, of course, getting Casey to uh, sign it also was pretty neat. So did you get that I, in I've person? Had this one um, I didn't get this one in person. The guy that gave it to me um, um, got it in person um, at an autograph session, I believe. And um, cool. um, he uh, owned a, a he was like a distributor for the diecast. And every time I won a race oh. when I was a kid, he would give me one. So like every Christmas, every, you know, I'd That's win a cool. race, come home, he would give me a diecast. So I have a bunch of sprint cars as well. I have a lot of sprint cars he gave me. Back in the legend car days, when I was winning a, a bunch of legend car races, he would give me a sprint car every time I won. But this Casey Atwood one, I think, is cool, and I, I don't know. I'd be I'd be surprised to see how many people actually have a signed rookie Casey Atwood car. I feel like that's kind of rare. Um, and that's that's just got to be a highlight. Yeah, I don't know of anyone yeah. that has something like that. I've never seen. That's that a collector's. Cars. That's a collector's. That's like a you know. That's like a collector's gold yeah, right there. Absolutely. Well, I, I figured I'd show off for this first pilot episode because he just won a uh, his second NASCAR Cup Series championship. This is the only Joey Logano car in my collection, and I know. People in my comments on YouTube often when I talk or say anything good about Joey Logano, I get comments from people who are shocked. They're like, you're a Matt Kenseth fan. How can you say anything good about Joey Logano? I like Joey Logano. I understand. And you've, I've, you've raced against him. I like, I've known Joey a very long time. I like Joey. He's one of my one of my favorites. Do you like Joey on the racetrack? Because I've heard he's kind of a uh, night and day. When he's on the track, he's like, he's a different animal. I'm, 
listen, I'm fine with it. I, I would do, I would drive the same way that he drives. Some people may not like that, but I'm, I'm, I think, I think it's fine. I'm, yeah. I'm good with most of the things that he's done and decisions he's made. And I've raced with him back in the Xfinity series a bunch. We always worked together at the super speedway track. So yeah, we always had a good relationship, but I've also known him since I was like 14. Right. We've, yeah, we've yeah. known each other a long time. So it's, it's like mutual respect there. Um, and obviously two-time cup champion, um, it, it's amazing. We call him in my house. We call him Joe Lee Gigano um, because my nephew can't say Joey Logano. Oh, so he, that sounded he's harder Joe to Lee say. Gigano. <laughs> it is almost harder to say, <laughs> but we we joke. And every time like Joey is on TV or doing an interview or at the racetrack, he he's he's always very excited. He's got a lot of Joe Lee Gigano cars. Joey so um, we we joke we 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 joke here at the house. Well, this car is signed as well. Uh, this is a race win from Las Vegas. Uh, was this last year? I think I was at this race, whichever one it was. But I've been to Las Vegas a few times recently. I've actually lost track of which race was which. Uh, but he always runs the the classic Pennzoil simple scheme there. And I thought it looked really good with the confetti. So congrats to Joey Logano champion leading us into this off season of which uh, Brennan, you and I are just simply trying to survive until Daytona. I'm trying to survive it as someone who relies on NASCAR content to make a living. You're probably having a wonderful time just taking it easy over the holidays. (laughs) But it's a, it's a strange time. I mean, what's good for me this year is I do know what I'm doing next year. I'm very grateful for that. It's been not many years that I know what I was doing the following year until like January. I mean, even when I got my first break in the Xfinity series, I didn't know till like middle of January. And the first time I walked into the shop, I think was a couple weeks before Daytona. So, you know, it seems like deals get put together later and later each year, but I did. I just got fitted for my new suit for uh, this year today, right before we film this. So I'm very excited about that. Everything is looking really cool, um, you know, and, and of course, I got one of my suits from last year from the truck race at Miami this this past year, hanging on the wall there, adding my collection slowly but surely. I got a couple of my helmets and stuff. I did just get my new helmet last week as well when got fitted for that. It's been shipped off to the painter. So, nice. you know, you have all those things going and you're just kind of working on some of the designs and stuff. I'm lucky that in my position, I get to kind of be a part of some of those details and deciding what things look like and whatnot. Yeah. And so... I like that. It's fun for me. You know, as a kid, I'm sure you too. It's like, it was always fun to like design your own paint scheme, your own oh, car, yeah. like your own stuff. So like, I feel real blessed that I get to like kind of tinker with all of that stuff. And then, you know, the team and the sponsor and stuff, they really have like a final say, but it's always cool to put your own little, little touches on stuff. So I'm going yeah. through all that and uh, yeah, I'm excited to celebrate, uh, celebrate Christmas and the new years. It's, it's right here. We're, uh, we're getting ready, getting ready to go. And I'm going to, you know, have a good time with, with families and friends and, um, try to not blow up too much stuff on new year's, but you know, ah. again, as a man, we like to <laughs> blow stuff up with fireworks. We like to blow up fireworks, hopefully not blow up yeah. stuff. No, with fireworks. Not, like well, use them as know. a, use them as like a projectile weapon. Yeah. No, no, not like that or anything. I, I, um, in my younger years though, I did catch a dumpster on fire at the race shop. We put like a, you know, those huge black cats, like the huge roll, we're like, oh, we'll just sure. hit it and throw it in the dumpster. It'll keep it contained and we won't have to sweep up all the trash. Bad idea. Bad idea. I it's swear that was like stuff. an – I feel like I've seen that as, on like, as like a office bit or some Parks and Rec or something like that. That feels straight out of a sitcom. <laughs> Maybe, but we definitely tried it first and this wow. was probably 2008. So this is oh. a while ago. That's that's insane. Well, um, yeah, I guess this is the pilot and uh, you have a lot of exciting racing things coming up next year. But also off the track, uh, we got more episodes of – 
the Out of the Groove Power Hour presented by Circle B. But I think this was a great start, a great pilot. Uh, if this is a normal episode, I know we'd hopefully have some fan questions. We'd also be bringing in a guest. We're working on a, a pretty elaborate and I think very exciting potential guest list for the new year. So uh, a lot of great stuff. Uh, do you have any specific plans for Christmas since I guess I may not talk to you until the new year? Are you doing anything fun? Uh, I am, man. I'm going to Costa Rica. I'm Whoa. Gonna, I'm- I'm gonna be hanging out with monkeys, sloths. What um, the heck? Some some toucans. Doesn't some get parrots. any more Christmassy than that. <laughs> no, no, it's gonna be 95 degrees. I'm gonna come. Wow. I'm gonna come back real tan. You're gonna be like, what? What happened to you? Do you see how white? That I'm gonna be. I'm gonna look like I've been in the sun for weeks. Wow. Um, but it's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I got. I've only been one time. This will be my second time there. My dad's going. Um, my sister, her husband, Lindsay. We're all gonna go down there celebrate Christmas. Have a good time, and uh, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'll do some body surfing. I want to learn how to actually surf in the ocean. I've yet yeah. to do that, but I'm, so we'll see. I'm, Maybe this trip. I don't know. I don't know. But also, um, then I'm going to do New Year's in New Jersey with all of Lindsay's family. Wow. Um, I'll probably go to uh, go to New York City, see some friends. We have she has a, some friends, and she grew up in that that area. So mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll try to see some of her friends for the holidays too. And we do we call it Second Christmas. And we all get together and open up the gifts with uh, with her family, and then you know we try to trade off each year and and, and uh, mix it around. So try to be as fair as we can. Are you guys doing anything? It seems like you guys have been doing some fun stuff here recently, though. And you guys are going to games. You got to see the Rockets win. Um, That's a rare occasion these days. Yeah, it is. <laughs> True. It is. Yeah. So I similarly, uh, I'm going to Dallas with my girlfriend's family. They're all from Dallas. So we're gonna go spend Christmas there. It's it's weird. I. I haven't spent a Christmas away from my immediate family like ever. I, th- I think, okay, no, that's not true. There was one year. So I used to work at Disney World. I think I, we've talked about this off air. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that year I was actually working at uh, Hollywood Studios on Christmas Day. But besides that year, always doing stuff with my family, going to Dallas, got a lot of fun things planned there, going to be a good time. Hopefully get some good FaceTime with uh, with you know her parents. That's always important, I think, when you're, yeah. you get deep into a relationship. And then after that, because she's a huge uh, Oklahoma football fan, she went to OU. She was in the marching band. Um, impulsively, Im- impulsively, a few days, uh, a couple weeks ago, we bought tickets to the Cheez It Bowl in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> so we'll be going to that uh, just a couple <sighs> days before New Year's. So um, it, it's been a bad year for Oklahoma football, and yet I think they still have a winning record. But even by their standards, that's like terrible. So uh, hoping for the best. I think they're playing Florida State. So. They've got, I guess, home field advantage, uh, hoping for the best. See, I went to the University of Texas, hook them horns, although I'd never yeah, say that. Yeah, I know. So are you guys, you I, know, button heads or what? I, it works only because I don't have a ton of school spirit. So uh, instead of going to football games on Saturday when I was in school, I would often sit in my dorm and watch Xfinity races. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so it, I, it works. I mean, it works because I'm not a passion. I, I love my Houston sports teams, but my college team, Texas, like, if they're good, good for them. If they're bad, I don't let it affect me. So I'm fine going to an Oklahoma game, especially since it's not against Texas. I don't care. Beat Listen Florida up. State. I don't care. And there's Cheez-Its. It's a Cheez-It bowl. That's got, <laughs> I got. I actually have a box of Cheez-Its. I didn't plan. It's just sitting Dude, right next to me. <laughs> I, I had Cheez-Its last night. I snacked on Cheez-Its and watched House Hunters International. I know you guys might be thinking that sounds lame, but I'm telling you, turn on a House Hunters International and tell me you aren't curious how uh, homes look in other countries. Cause it interests me. I like that. But anyways, I don't watch that much football, man. I'm literally like you. I'm a racing guy. Mm-hmm. That's all I really care about. My sister went to the university of South Carolina, um, which by the way, 
they've been doing pretty good here recently. If okay. you guys have been keeping up. So um, go Gamecocks. That's that what happens in my house. But I didn't go to college. I grew up in Texas. I watched Texas teams. I have a weird connection where I like Ohio State simply because my best friend from first grade growing up, his whole family went there. They all <laughs> met their wives there. So like I and my family didn't really care about football. We only we raced. So like they always watched those games over the wintertime and I was always there. And so I kind of like got sucked into that a little bit. But to be honest with you, I don't. I mean, I pretty much I'm like, can we race? Like I said, I was racing. <laughs> I racing last night until um, like 1045. Like I just, I just want to race all, all the time. Although there was a fan that yelled at me on I racing. Maybe I need to, I'm, I, I'm getting a little rough. Yeah. I, I didn't even touch anybody, but I still get yelled at, but you know, that's part of it too. Isn't racing just about yelling? I don't know. Maybe. You got to yell to hear yourself over the engines. I mean, there's no, you can't whisper yeah. in racing. There's no such thing. No, it's just loud. I can't even hear out of this ear real good anymore from the exhaust bouncing off of oh the wall. Gosh. Okay. It's just, it is. Lindsay comes to me all the time and it's like, can, are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm like, not a clue. I have no idea what you're saying at all. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, hopefully uh, everyone listening to this enjoyed uh, the last 30 minutes of what we're saying. Hopefully they heard us loud and clear. And since this is the pilot, I keep side eyeing my second screen over here, making sure the recording hasn't stopped or, you know, one of us hasn't become muted. Uh, <laughs> but I think we've made it. I think we made it. So uh, this is this is pretty great. Great pilot. First ever Circle B Power Hour. Um, we'll be back in the new year. Have a very Merry Christmas, Brennan. A Happy New Year. And uh, we'll touch base again here in the next few weeks. Yeah, you too, man. I'm excited. Can't wait to interview some drivers and talk more about our wild and crazy diecast collection because I've got some <laughs> hidden gems. There, I'm gonna pull them out. Oh yeah, yeah. We just scratched the surface, and you're coming out swinging. So I, I got to step up <laughs> my game. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I'll ask for uh, for Christmas. Some last minute Christmas gift ideas. I'll play catch up. Cool. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time on the Out of the Groove Power Hour presented by Circle B.